0: when people are giving me terrible tennis takes. Shut the fuck When they
1: say that the Lightning are going to take out the Maple Leafs in round
2: one. Shut the fuck Brendan. When someone what? tells me that guac is extra. Shut the ball!
1: Oh, that's good stuff.
0: Felix, Auger, and Bianca Andreescu is a US Open champion. For the hey
2: everyone, welcome to episode 4 of North of the Nets, a Canadian tennis show by the Slice Tennis. Brennan McCarthy with you alongside Krina Mustafa and Stephen Boughton. And team, if, if you're a professional hockey player and you're playing tennis or golf, Early spring, that's not a good sign. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, you got to give them some love, given how two of three hosts on this panel are from the GTA. They are one step closer to not playing tennis too early in their offseason. So, bravo. I don't want to speak too soon, but I think they, they got this. It's I, looking I'm good. I'm biased. It's looking but, good. Uh, and... And yes, we're we're a tennis show, but you know, we're all avid and um, passionate sports fans. So and Shapoval, right. also a huge fan of Austin Matthews, they're boys now, so there's it's all related. There's, yeah, that's yes, right. yes. So if everyone's gonna if anyone's gonna give us heck on it, they are it's related because they're buddies now. Um, <laughs> no, it's right. official, it's posted on Instagram. Um, that's right. episode four, we're gonna recap Madrid. We're gonna get into the Italian Open in Rome. Uh Shapo's outburst. Thanks so much for the content boost, Dennis. Um, yeah. <laughs> and of course, we're going to look ahead to Roland Garros, the much-anticipated clay event of the year, or for, on clay, that is. And and then, of course, our uh, most popular segment, Ace of the Week and Fault of the Week. But let's begin uh, with Madrid-Crino.
0: Yeah, so... It's been a little bit of like a mixed kind of results with our Canadians on clay so far. We'll start with Layla because she's been kind of struggling a little bit. She made it to the round of 30, uh, round of 32 at Madrid, but then she lost to Jill Teichman in straight sets. Um, and then she lost today to uh, Kasakina in three sets, which I was telling Stephen and Brendan off the pod. I was like, I watched the first set, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, let's go, Layla. And then I checked the score like five minutes ago. Like, oh, what happened there, Steven? I know you were watching, so.
1: Yeah, the um, it was just a super tight match. I mean, Kasekina is a solid player. Like, she is the type of player that, I mean, you might overlook, but in reality, Layla's ranking and... If that's a good matchup. So she gets played it was a very very high level match, like super good play. It was awesome to watch. Uh, but she just didn't play a good tiebreaker, lost it in the tiebreaker. That's what happened.
2: I was just yeah, gonna go say I, I will say because I, I believe on our previous pod I, I had I had Layla going going the distance because of, you know, her basically taking taking um Team Canada at the LB um, K qualifiers, basically carrying that squad. So I kind of said, you know, the confidence from that would, would carry over. Um yeah. but clearly not the case she's uh in just a tiny rut right now but um i think bianca is getting her form back right now um gets a bit of a gift with a walkover and first round matchup against radakhanu um that's a t- like you talk about a tough opening round matchup Radakanu it's like okay i gotta go up against that so she did take the first set and then i think the back injury what was it like two two games to one in the second set or something like that yeah
1: we were, i was doing a live watch along with it and you're right it was a big-time matchup like it was crazy yeah. the uh the similarities everyone was talking about it on twitter like both born in canada both won the u.s open as teenagers both with romanian heritage like karina so you could just lump karina in with these two other girls like they're all the same <laughs> um and this yeah just huge stars of the game first round yeah and bianca in the first set you know at the end of the set you could kind of tell maybe that after I kind of took the time, medical time out that, oh, there might be something wrong. But Bianca was bossing her and super strong at both wings. And she was munching on uh, Emma's second serves. Like it was just, she was destroying the return, hitting winners, you know, on every second return almost. So it was a very, very good performance from Bianca anyways. And I feel like she would have won regardless. No bias.
2: Also, yeah. I just said, um, L- I just said LBK qualifiers. I was just in longbow <laughs> key. I'm meant- in... BJK. So sorry. Apologies to you
1: too. And apologies to the viewers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a lot
0: of no acronyms. Um, but um, yeah, even with Bianca, like in Madrid, she she beat uh, Colin 6 1 6 1, and she lost to Jessica Pagula, yep. which is not a bad loss at all. Like Pagula's had a fantastic year. And she made know, the final yeah. right after that, right? exactly exactly right so I think like Bianca's like trending upwards right now I think we should be very very like positive about where she's gonna go and I was talking about this with some friends at work but they were they were taking Emma to win the match and I was like we are forgetting how good Bianca is on clay we are forgetting how she adapts we're forgetting like oh I'm just so excited like I've been saying this on the pod for like a month now I'm so excited for Bianca to be like fully back because then we can remember why she won the U.S. Open, and why she's such, like, a talented player.
1: Absolutely. it's. I, I feel like it's been abs- – yeah, the Bianca show. Wait for it.
0: Hey, guys. This is Bianca Andrescu, and welcome to The Slice.
1: Like, it's Love been it. the Bianca show ever since she came back. Obviously, did the big interview with The Slice. Uh, and then I have followed all of her matches, and it's, like, kind of like, yeah. Like, we – over the last six months, it was just, you know, the three Layla – Chapo and Felix carrying us, but then you're like almost our like most dynamic and most exciting player is back now. in Bianca, I would say, and it's uh very awesome. And yeah, like Brendan mentioned, she's, or had, you know, walk over and then she won today as well. Um, I don't know if we're getting into Rome yet. Am I overstepping? She had a good win today. So she's into the third
2: round uh, in
1: Rome. So another good little comeback run for her.
2: Huge. And of course with uh, Felix um, transitioning to the men's side too. I mean, he was pretty sneaky in in Madrid too. He went to the quarters, uh ultimately losing in straight sets to Sasha Zverev, who ended up going to the finals and, and losing to CA. I'm not gonna say his name yet. We're saving him for for our ace <laughs> of the week. Um pretty pretty easy to, to figure out who I, that is. I who are you talking about? yeah <laughs> Fellow fellow Spaniard, nineteen year old not Ralph His initials are C A. So there's I can't there's figure uh, it out. Who else yeah, I don't know. You guys can't figure it out yet then. <laughs> I can't wait
1: what? for the fall of the week or ace of the week. That, <laughs> then I, then I'll know that'll be good.
2: Well, who knows? Who knows? Who's watching? You know, I mean, this guy is just absolutely blowing up tennis now. So if you're not yeah. watching, if you're not watching Carlos Alcaraz, then get on it. Oh. Okay, there you go. That, that, oh, there you go. Yeah,
1: That's who it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> so good stuff. We'll, we'll be. Uh, it's going to be another collective ace of the week, I'm, I'm sure later on. Um, but in terms of Dennis Shapovalov, I've been itching. I was saying off air. I've been itching to get to this. He had uh, quite the uh, outburst in his opening round matchup against uh, Yannick Sinner.
1: Absolutely. For the people who haven't seen it, here it is.
2: Shut the fuck up!
1: Karina, you ego, watch- pardon me. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch that? Uh, did you watch that live, Krina, or do you-, do you want me to give a quick recap of what happened? <laughs>
0: i did watch that live um i was at, like i was just laughing i was like this is hilarious this is peak like chapo like we've talked about this for a while now like he he's still like he gets super i don't want to say emotional but he like these outbursts do kind of happen a lot like and i and i've said this before that I feel like for Shapo to kind of, like, overcome that hurdle of, like, taking his game to the next level, like, this has to be one of those. Like, suppressing these, like, outbursts the matches. Yeah, he's got to harness it. Yeah, like, it's just it. going to be harmful in the long term. But, yeah, for now, it's just – you just have to laugh at it because what else can you do, really? I
1: mean, and, <laughs> it's and, too and good. One, yeah, and the one thing that he did do was turn it around. Like I said to you guys before we got on here, it's like he – blew up, completely blew every gasket, went nuts, told this crowd to shut the F up. And I thought he was going to get defaulted. Um, But he did turn around in the third set, which I remember when we first, I think our first episode, guys, we were talking about how he had that blow up against Nadal in the Australian Open. And we're just like, why do you let that distract you? And then he, you know, he actually ended up coming back in that match and lost just because he was playing Rafa. But it, it definitely distracts you and takes emotional energy out of the which you need, you need to focus. So I, I, I agree with you, Karina. he needs to uh harness that. But I think maybe you know what this was a total blow up, but he did harness it and then maybe that's a positive he can look at and move forward from it. But it is funny how it was like yeah, I I don't think he knew. Can we hear how it again? It. Can you play yeah, it? Yeah, let's hear oh, it. Shut the fuck. I'm just gonna play that whenever you guys say something I don't like. Like <laughs>
2: so it is an instant meme right like steven i haven't really seen any of like the when you whatever uh, on twitter or instagram but i mean that i i immediately thought of like when like a parent is trying to take a phone call and they got their kid like nipping at their pants trying to get attention <laughs> and they're just losing it like it's like when you it's just so sat, good.
1: when you just got the kids down and sat for, sat down and turned on the netflix and you hear them start calling down shut
2: up!
0: He just had
1: know. it.
2: He had it.
1: Like, On the spot meme. Krina, what's your meme for this? When you...
0: My <laughs> meme? When people are giving me terrible tennis takes. Shut the fuck up!
1: When they say that the lightning are going to take out the maple Leafs in round one.
2: Shut the fuck! <laughs>
1: Brendan. When someone
2: what? tells me that guac is extra. Shut the fuck
1: Oh, that's good stuff. Thank I'm you, done. thank I'm you, Dennis, done. for for that. As he said, I'm gonna actually be in. Gen- so he's playing Geneva next week. I mean, unless he like wins Rome, um, you know, it's possible. But he's gonna be in Geneva, and I'm gonna be there because I actually live like two hours from Geneva. So I will be doing everything in my power to get an interview with him, and I'll kind of roast him for this in person and be like, "Bro, you, you know, should."
0: And you should really ask him. Like, he's been acting like it hasn't. Like, if nothing happened, like after he won the match, he went on Instagram and was like onto the next round. Yeah. Like, and Then he well, won again. Well, yeah. He was like onto the next round. I'm like, are we not going to acknowledge what just yeah. happened here or.
1: I mean, yeah, no, I know. Like it could have been a great, it was a great opportunity for him to be like super calm, like, like, or you could be like nice and easy match today. Nothing to see here.
0: If you're it, a, me.
2: if you're a line judge or chair ump and you gotta like watch those balls on clay, like it's so it's so arbitrary, right? Like you're not, obviously you can go to, to video review or anything, but yeah. I, I I was want to ask you guys too, like what what really is like? I guess it's an unwritten rule, like don't don't go over the net, like it. I was kind of thinking of like you know basketball, right? When someone's driving a lane, goes to the hoop, gets smacked down in their back, and the player walk walks over them, like yeah. it happened in the rap Sixers series, right? Where I think Boucher walked over Embiid. You don't do that. It's like an offense, right? Is that is that kind of like? in tennis like it's just kind of like it's rude it's it's not courteous like you just don't go over the net go around it but well the chapel is fired up there's no stopping then right
1: yeah like, well there's there's it's different than than the basketball thing because it's kind of like an unwritten like bro code thing to not step over someone It's just like yeah not, i don't think so, they're gonna get a tech or they might but in tennis it's like there's like all these rules so it's like if you cross the net like he did it's just an instant violation and as you guys know it's always escalated so it's like the first thing is a warning no matter what you do i mean unless you like hit a ball kid then it's like you're probably just they can you can jump ahead to whatever but he had already sworn i think so he got a warning and then the next is just a point penalty so he stepped over the gate the fence or the net um the wall and he the umpire was actually super good about it. he's like dennis it's it's out like i can see this ball and he's like but unfortunately like you're over the net you can't do that so i'm gonna have to give you a point penalty and then that's when that's when dennis really blew up it was because of the point penalty but in reality, I said, people are always like some of the people on Twitter were giving him a hard time. They're like, everyone knows these rules so is like, or they're like, imagine like having a profession and not knowing the rules. And I just go, okay, you're, you have a job. Did you re, do you memorize the entire employment contract? Like, probably not. Like, I, I actually guarantee you don't, no. like, I don't know all the clauses in my employment contract. I probably should. But so Dennis said after the afterwards that now he knows that, um, but, anyways, that was a.
2: Very and then the heckler too. The heckler, like Shapo's was like, "Get this guy out of there!" And the, the chairman's like, "Who? Like, I didn't see what he did. Like, how much? I, I can't just kick a guy out. Like, what? You, there's like thousands well, of people here."
1: The the crazy thing is, Shapo, like said he said.
2: Shut the fuck up!
0: And
1: then it kept going. You can hear like the crowd's not toning down after that and then he like goes across the thing and he's like literally sticking his chest out like he's going to like fight some guy in the crowd and <laughs> I was like nuts this is like the guy had to come down out of his chair to like break up I was like this is going to be this is going to be like oh, what is that malice in the palace like ruined, yes, <laughs> yes. <edition." laughs> like, it's-
2: but you know what I did like and, and Karina you alluded to this earlier how like you know the, the temperamental attitude will just ruin his game but I like because he clawed back he consolidated the break with that uh, put away volley and he ultimately won the match. Yeah. Right. So like there's been times where it's just like, dude, you sewered your match. Like you, all this all this yeah. anger and you know you being irate is not gonna help your your play. So I like how he actually was able to bounce back and 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 beat Sunego. So
1: absolutely. I think that's huge, a positive we can take.
2: Right? A quick little positive.
1: Totally.
0: And he's facing Nadal next now. So Yeah, we um, do have to preview that. We know how that went down last time.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 gonna be spicy. I can't wait to watch it. The um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of animosity. Like Nadal doesn't like that when people say things. I think he kind of gave him the old like grandpa like son. You'll understand when you're older. Like he, in the <laughs> press conference ghost. after Australia, really, he's like, when yeah, he's like once you've won something that we <laughs> like, then you <laughs> you might understand that. You know, if you take a few extra seconds, they're gonna let you go. And then, uh, so I feel like Ralph is gonna definitely try and stick it to him, but. If there was any time that Chapo could beat Rafa, you know, since he originally did the first time, now's the time, right? Like Rafa is definitely still rusty from coming back. Hasn't played a lot. Didn't even look that really good against John Isner today. So Chapo, two match points again in Rome last year against him, if you guys remember. So this is the moment for Chapo to step up and do it. And three sets, if he does do it, it'll really hurt Nadell's preparation for the, uh, for Roland Garros. But I don't, I like his chances. What do you guys think?
0: I don't know. I don't know how how enthusiastic I am about <laughs> his chances. Um, I, yeah, I, I got to say, like, especially with the way that uh, C.A. or Carlos Alcrez fared against him a couple of days ago. I, I think Carlos. Rafa. Rafa. Oh, Charlie. It's actually
1: Charlie. Charlie. Huh? Charlie. Oh,
2: Charlie okay.
0: okay, sure. Well,
2: the, the chapel was was put on the map. From playing Nadal, as you just quickly alluded to, Stephen, like in 2017 at the um, Rogers Cup in Montreal, right? Like that was—I okay. remember watching that. I was actually in Europe. I remember, I remember seeing that and watching the highlights. And it was like this guy—he must have been—I don't even think Chapo was 20 yet. He was like—you look back—he was five years ago, which is crazy to think. But that that match put him on the map, and it was against the King of Clay. So I expect—I uh, expect a a distance marathon match here, thinking like, you know, Chapo. Uh, Nadal definitely going like I could see like two two of the sets going to tiebreakers. Like they it's it's a thrilling, thrilling matchup when these guys hit the court.
1: Yeah, I'd say I'd say I could see a battle. I could see Chapo definitely getting one set. Um yeah, I think he's just gotten more. He was struggling you know, he always can struggle with a bit of consistency, but and on the clay it makes it a little bit harder for him, I think, just getting it square to the face. But yeah, he's he's the younger guy. He's the spring year guy right now. He's got probably more pop in in a few ways than, than Rafa. So I think it's uh, Rafa's vulnerable right now. And but so is Chapo because of what we just alluded to before. So it, battle it's, of
2: vulnerability. What are you it saying? could. It,
1: I, the weird thing is, like usually it's like oh, it could either be a Rafa you know sweep that just crushes him, or it could be a battle. I think it could be a Rafa sweep, a battle, or I think Chapovalov could blitz Rafa. And if he just plays a super tight game, I think he could get him in too. And I I, I really believe that. I'm not just hoping for that. I,
2: Steven, I, it, if you get a, a recent uh, or a look ahead um, or just an a, a interview at, of some capacity with, with Chapo, like if you yeah. brought that up, that's, that's going to be like part two of our, our promo. We'll slap it on next to Bianca's promo.
1: That's right. I'll be like...
2: Just get him to swear, man. Get him to swear. Like, this is the <laughs> blank slice, or you're watching the blank slice.
1: <laughs> that's actually a good idea. You're watching the slice and shut the F up. <laughs>
2: That'd be great. Here's our that clean F version. F
0: up, the slice is on.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Here's our the clean version the with Bianca. Here's our R-rated version with Dennis. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's. I like that. That's a good idea. Uh, anyways, we should move on to a little French open preview.
0: Yeah, so I was thinking what we could do is maybe create like a a power rankings of who we think will go the furthest at Rolling arrows based on all of our Canadians so far. Um, That worked out really well
1: last time we did that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> There'll be a little more nuanced this time, hopefully. <laughs>
1: no, let's do it. I'm excited. That's that's a good idea. I like that. I, I was, was that before Madrid that we did that? And it was just like, we we're like, or no, it's like before Miami's like, it yeah, was I, before Miami.
0: All, it was all They're like,
1: yeah. like, all first round exits were like, jeez. Like yeah. I mean, hey, maybe
0: we'll have better chances on clay. I don't know. Who knows? I think we'll we will. see. Um, we'll, start, rankings, we'll start yeah. with the women. Yeah. You go. Yeah. Okay. Four we'll four. start with the women. Um, and then I guess, hmm, I guess we could mix them if you guys wanted to. Uh, between Layla and Bianca I would probably go Bianca first um then I would probably put I'll okay I'll mix them I'll go Felix Bianca uh this is hard like between Layla and Chapo, I'm like it could go either way because Layla could kind of find her groove again or Shapo could make like a run I'll like inch Layla in first before Shapo that'll be my hot take
1: in before yeah, interesting. Nuts. I, I know what you mean. I I like I'm just I didn't put any thought to this um beforehand, but I honestly am bullish on Chapo. I feel like he on honestly, like more than not, but you know, Bianca, yeah, that's a good point. Because the draws are bigger, so she'll have to play a seed uh not as early, right? So I feel like she can really get her a, a role going. And she's already looking like just the way she played yesterday in that first set against Aratakanu didn't see actually like forgot when her match was today. And I just missed it, but um, yeah, I think she can get quickly back to like top 20, top 15 contender at these things. So, yeah, I'd agree. I'd put Bianca first, but I'd actually go Chapo next. Um, nice, even though he hasn't been playing, um, he's only well, he yeah, he played Madrid and he lost to Murray, which was not a good loss. But Murray's also one of the, you know, one of the one of the greatest of all time, and he actually was playing very well in that in that match. Um, I like Chapo's movement on clay better than felix is and felix is been sure i mean he's had a little bit he's been slowly getting better and better and better but i i think i yeah i got a bianca chapeau felix layla sorry layla you are the youngest <laughs> is she the youngest now still i think yeah. she is yeah um
0: i mean it wouldn't change cause- and she's
1: just in the worst form i think of the three of them which or the four of them which is which is you know
0: which is why her. it's time for her to get back into it
1: yeah, but now she, I don't know if she's playing until the, till Roland Garros. So <laughs> it's, it's a uh, tough look to go straight into it. I, I feel bad for her because there is like this like crazy pressure since the, the US Open. Mm-hmm. Now she feels like she has to win where she, like we said, like earlier she was playing with house money. So it's tough.
2: I'm going to go from the bottom to the top. So I'll, I'll put Layla at the bottom. I'm going to go third, so. Chapo, Bianca to Felix, numero uno. Okay. So. That's it's fine. not bad.
1: That's not a bad take. Like why, like, I guess why do you see Felix as like the, the number one out of them? And it's like, it's honestly pretty valid. Like he's,
2: I just think, I mean, recently bias, right. but like he, he is rolling right now. Like he, and he's getting like tough matchups too. I, I think he's rolling right now. And he's just going to, he's going to find his form on, on, on the biggest stage as uh, on, as, on a slant, right? Like I think he brings it when there's like higher stakes and he's been getting, he's been getting really challenging um, opponents too. Like he he was bounced, yeah. but not bounced. I guess it was straight sets, but um he plays Zverev And then, you know, we all know what Zverev brings. So I, I think just right now, like he's he's into it. And I think he's gonna continue continue to to find his form on, on clay at the French Open.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I have some, like, I was, like, really shocked how he started the or ended the hard-court season and started the clay. I thought it was just, you know, as a top-ten player, like, not being able to win matches was pretty bad. But, yeah, now he's he's got it together, it seems, and he is moving a lot better. Moving. Yeah, he lost, lost to Zverev, and then, but then he just beat Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. In the first match, at that's a tough matchup. That, that guy is a tough, tough
2: matchup, and in, in the opener. Super like game come on, Davidovich-Fokina yeah. is a sneaky, sneaky player, man.
1: Well, yeah, he made the he made Monte Carlo finals, right? Yeah, like he beat, beat Djokovic. So, um, yeah, well, so Felix is actually into, he's into the third round playing Giron, Marcus Giron who sh- he should absolutely beat tomorrow. If he wins that, he'll play Djokovic, which is that's gonna be oh fun. Big That's opportunity fine, for though. him. I'm super excited for that. You know, if he did something crazy like beat Djokovic, then yeah, his stock at the at Roland Garros goes way up, and Djokovic just goes way down actually because he'll he won't be if he beats Djokovic, Djokovic won't be number one anymore. Mm. So Felix has a big, big opportunity to make some waves in the ATP.
0: I like that all of our rankings are different.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, oh, like the four of them, mm-hmm. like they're not all like like, like
0: we don't have each we don't have our players in the same order except for you oh. two with layla you both have yeah. layla at the bottom yeah, i think we enough. should
2: Wait. do power i think we should do power rankings based on us three and our performance i guess steven's won because he hired us and i think is. <laughs> I. I think is better than i so i guess i'm lost <laughs> there we go easy
1: yeah yeah that's very humble brendan oh that's uh that's funny um maybe we'll let the fans do a power rankings i don't know okay karina has got the most compliments so far, so no one's no one <laughs> said anything nice about me, but um, but yeah, yeah, no. I'm used to it, so it's all good. We let's get into Ace of the Week. Who's who's ringing that in? Wait, or do we do Fault of the Week first?
0: We can do Ace first because I know Brendan is just itching to talk about Ace of the Week.
2: Wait, what was his name again? Carlos, Charlie Alvarez, Carlos. Carlos.
1: <laughs> did you guys did you guys hear that? Where he said Carlos is what his parents would say call him if he was like in trouble. Carlitos oh, really? is what people call him, and then or Charlie. Carlitos or Charlie?
2: Carlito. Well, I had, yeah. I had the privilege of, of covering his semis against uh, world number one Novak Djokovic. Mm. And honestly, the best tennis match I've ever watched. And <laughs> this actually will tie into the fault of the week because it really did screw up the scheduling because it went the distance. Um yep. 7, six, seven, seven, five, seven six. Like, talk about a yeah. marathon match. Textbook marathon match. Um, youngest player to beat a world number one in 17 years, and amazing. the former youngest player to beat a world number one, none other than fellow Spaniard Rafa nadal who was 19 at the time, beat Roger Federer at the 05 French Open semis. So, we're broadcasters, yeah. we're journalists, we love stories. That is a cool story. Um,
1: amazing, amazing, uh, amazing stats that you just brought up there a little yeah. historical dig for all the
2: people like, there. But, so cool i thought that was so cool and obviously like in terms of rankings skyrockets from what, 120th to, to six he's already cracking the top 10 wait um, 120th no he was like he was like was he, 11th no no but like didn't he start at like 120
0: oh like, no it was top like top a year ago a year ago at oh, the sorry. Time he was like, ranked. i'm
2: saying like where he, where he, where he oh, started yeah. from so, oh okay like, sorry yeah yeah and, like and, a year ago yeah so from a year yeah. ago, 120th, now he skyrockets to 6th, which is also insane. And then, Crazy. like, what, beats Nadal and then Djokovic back-to-back. Like, never been down on a clay court tourney. So, just unreal. Like, I know he use unbelievable a lot in, in, in sports. That was unbelievable. So, he is clearly yeah. our ace of the week.
1: Yeah, he's my ace of the week, too. I watched that match in an English pub in Rome. So, like, And there, you couldn't hear the commentators, but I was watching it with some random other guys and my wife there, and it was, I couldn't believe it. Like the mental fortitude he showed of, he like, kept, in the third set, he was the fresher player. Obviously he's, you know, 19, Djokovic is like 35. He was the fresher player and he kept having break point chances and Djokovic just served and not taking them. And normally when that happens, Djokovic will break you and then he'll just run away with it. But he kept not breaking, but then holding his serve, not breaking, holding his serve, and then beats him in a tiebreaker which Djokovic is the king of tiebreakers. So just massive, massive from CA. And that's, yeah, my my ace of the, my we ace of the week. Let's call him Carlito. Well. Let's
2: call him Carlito. I like that better. I like
1: Charlie. I, I, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Charlie I
0: got to tell you guys, like, I was so afraid. Like, when I was watching that match, I thought Djokovic was going to go, like, 2019 Wimbledon. Like, when Carlos had the match yeah. points and then he wasn't able to capitalize, I was like, oh, no, here comes Djokovic. He's going to run away with it. I was so stressed. Um, But yeah, just like just thinking about what Carlos has achieved in the last like two months, like winning Miami, he lost to Nadal and then he went and he won Barcelona and he won Madrid, beat Djokovic-Nadal back to back. Like that's an insane run. It's crazy.
2: Four titles in 2022 and we're only in May. So
1: it's crazy. It's a lot of people are saying he's the best player on tour right now. And that's just it's. It's kind of hard to dispute that.
2: And second best odds, we were saying uh, prior to recording, second best odds to win Roland Garros next to Nadal.
1: Yes, right now. I mean, I, I think that could change, but uh, yeah. If this, were, if we had, you know, if we have a betting sponsor, we might soon. Um, we could take a look at those odds prior to the French Open. I would put money on Djokovic or Sizabas if they were behind Carlos, just because of what I said at the beginning of the show. Um, but anyways, I've already said that, so. I'm putting yeah.
2: my money on Carlos to win Roland Garros.
1: He's winning on it all.
2: he's winning ya. it all. And I'm not. I'm not okay. going to owe you guys any sleeve of balls or anything. Like I, I, I I'm going to do. We still
0: haven't gotten the ones. I know.
2: Probably. Well, I yeah, can easily weird. get them to Krina, but I don't know. I've how been checking my stupid.
1: mail every day. It's, I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> there might be a hold he is, up
2: he is. He is winning Roland Garros.
1: That would be even in. crazier than what he's already done. So let's just put it that way.
2: Lock it in
0: let's talk about fault of the week. Um, And that is honestly been coming for a while now. If we're really being honest about this, I feel like tennis has had a problem with scheduling for as long as I can remember. Um, But yeah, just this past weekend, we had a men's semifinal, women's final sandwiched in between and then another men's semifinal. Um, Of course, the semifinals ran very long. um, And then the women's finals kind of squished in between and there, that led to kind of like some controversy some complaining from players um yeah I just it's so frustrating because like I know some people like to pin it on they're not respecting the women's side by doing this but then also the way that I see it is that there's been issues with both the ATP and the WTA with scheduling mm-hmm. so I'm not sure if this is just kind of like directing it to the women's side only I feel like it's a problem for both sides I don't know guys what do you think
1: I think it's, it's I don't understand you know it's the Spanish I know they do things late but I was like why are they like we have all day there's literally only three matches to play on Saturday or what I think it was a Saturday right so it's like the, the I think Djokovic and Alcaraz started at 4 p.m. it's like well why like why not just start at like noon and then but yeah you should start with the women's final first because I, I think the main complaint was that it's a final and they don't even know when they're starting they just have to wait for another match to end it's kind of a little bit dusty. Um, and yeah, the schedule. And then I think Zverev was totally fair to complain. Like he, you apparently, you know, went to bed at 5am the night before the final. It's like, yeah, you, you kind of have no shot at that point. It's like, it's crazy.
2: It was disgraceful. Like I, I, cause I, I started my shift, the coverage of, of the Alcaraz Djokovic match at 10, just after 10. So they're thinking like, you know, that'll wrap up ideally, like maybe Djokovic sweeps them. So that's done at noon. Then we like ease into the final. And then somehow we we play the other semi like why why it's ridiculous how they tried to wedge in Jabur and Pagula in the middle like it's just like oh it's a final but we'll just try and slip it in like what what is it like a round of sixty four matchup like I think that deserved to be like on Sunday like put put the women's final in the morning Sunday and then and then Zverev and and Tsitsipas the one after like why are why are we trying to wedge it in it's it's weird because zero sense yeah.
1: It is, it does make no sense. The the WTA draw started way earlier in the week and then the ATP starts kind of later and they have to cram the ATP in. So
2: that's a joke. Yeah,
1: it is a joke. And this is convoluted. It's a fault. That's what it is.
0: Um, (laughs) Brendan's all bad news.
2: Bad news. He's
1: He's taking a page. He's taking a page out of Shapo's. Shut
2: the fuck up. I was pissed. I like.
1: Fair enough. Anyway. Anyways. That. That's a fault of the week. And I, that's a great, um, I think, overview of all the Canadians on clay. We're thick, we're deep into the clay swing now. And I'm, I don't know, I'm very hopeful for Rome right now. We have three of the four still alive. Bianca should win her next match. She's playing Martic, who's a qualifier. FA should win his. He's playing Giron. Chapel should win his. He's playing a little dirt rat named Rafa. I'm just joking. Um, No, but I'm stoked that uh, we got three people still alive and looking good in Rome.
2: It's been a slice.
1: This has been the slice. Uh, This has been North of the Net on the slice and we will see you guys all next time. Thanks for watching. Let us know your thoughts on everything we talked about in the comment section below and follow these two beauties on the Twitters for Hot Takes
2: Weekly. See you guys later.